Act Three of Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare. Act Three, Scene One. Rome before the Capitol, the Senate sitting above, a crowd of people, among them Artemidorus and the soothsayer. Flourish. Enter Caesar, Brutus, Cassius, Casca, Decius Brutus, Metellus Cimber, Trebonius, Cinna, Antony, Lepidus, Papilius, Publius, and others. To the soothsayer. The Ides of March are come. Aye, Caesar, but not gone. Hail, Caesar! Read this schedule. Trebonius doth desire you to o'er-read at your best leisure this, his humble suit. O Caesar, read mine first, for mine's a suit that touches Caesar nearer. Read it, great Caesar. What touches us ourself shall be last served. Delay not, Caesar. Read it instantly. What is the fellow mad? Sirrah, give place. What, urge your petitions in the street? Come to the capital. Caesar goes up to the senate-house, the rest following. I wish your enterprise to-day may thrive. What enterprise, Popilius? Fare you well. Advances to Caesar. What said Popilius Lina? He wished to-day our enterprise might thrive. I fear our purpose is discovered. Look how he makes to Caesar. Mark him. Casca, be sudden, for we fear prevention. Brutus, what shall be done, if this be known? Cassius or Caesar never shall turn back, for I will slay myself. Cassius, be constant. Papilius Lena speaks not of our purposes, for look, he smiles, and Caesar doth not change. Trebonius knows his time, for look you, Brutus. He draws Mark Antony out of the way. Exeunt Antony and Trebonius. Where is Metellus Cimber? Let him go, and presently prefer his suit to Caesar. He is addressed. Press near, and second him. Casca, you are the first that rears your hand. Are we all ready? What is now amiss that Caesar and his senate must redress? Most high, most mighty, and most puissant Caesar, Metilla's clamour throws before thy seat, an humble heart. Kneeling. I must prevent thee, Simber. These couchings and these lowly courtesies might fire the blood of ordinary men, and turn pre-ordinance and first decree into the law of children. Be not fond to think that Caesar bears such rebel blood that will be thawed from the true quality with that which melteth fools. I mean sweet words, low crooked curtsies, and base spaniel fawning. Thy brother by decree is banished. If thou dost bend and pray and fawn for him, I spurn thee like a cur out of my way. No, Caesar doth not wrong, nor without cause will he be satisfied. Is there no voice more worthy than my own to sound more sweetly in great Caesar's ear for the repealing of my bandished brother? I kiss thy hand, but not in flattery, Caesar, desiring thee that Publius Cimber may have an immediate freedom of repeal. What, Brutus? Pardon, Caesar, Caesar, pardon, as those to thy foot Dorcathius fall, to beg enfranchisement for Publius Simba. I could be well moved if I were as you. If I could pray to move, 
prayers would move me, but I am constant as the northern star, of whose true fixed and resting quality there is no fellow in the firmament. The skies are painted with unnumbered sparks, they are all fire, and every one doth shine, but there's but one in all doth hold his place. So in the world, tis furnished well with men, and men are flesh and blood and apprehensive. Yet in the number I do know but one that unassailable holds on his rank unshaked of motion, and that I am he, let me a little show it, even in this, that I was constant Simber should be banished, and constant do remain to keep him so. O oh, Caesar! Hence wilt thou lift up Olympus? Great Caesar! Doth not Brutus bootless kneel? Speak hands for me! Casca first, then the other conspirators, and Brutus stab Caesar. Et tu, Brute, then fall Caesar. Dies. Liberty, freedom, tyranny is dead. Run hence, proclaim, cry it about the streets. Some to the common pulpits and try out liberty, freedom, and enfranchisement. People and senators, be not affrighted. Fly not, stand stiff, ambition's debt is paid. Go to the pulpit, Brutus. And Cassius, too. Where's Publius? Here, quite confounded with this mutiny. Stand fast together, lest some friend of Caesar's should chance. Talk not of standing. Publius, good cheer. There is no harm intended to your person, nor to no Roman else. So tell them, Publius. And leave us, Publius, lest that the people rushing on should do your rage some mischief. Do so, and let no man abide this deed, but we, the doers. Re-enter Trebonius. Where is Antony? Fled to his house amazed. Men, wives, and children stare, cry out and run, as it were doomsday. Fates, we will know your pleasures. That we shall die, we know. Tis but the time, and drawing days out, that men stand upon. Why, he that cuts off twenty years of life, cuts off so many years of fearing death. Grant that, and then is death a benefit. So are we Caesar's friends, that have abridged his time of fearing death. Stoop, Romans, stoop, and let us bathe our hands in Caesar's blood up to the elbows, and besmear our swords. Then walk we forth, even to the market-place, and waving our red weapons o'er our heads, let's all cry, Peace, freedom, and liberty. Stoop then and wash. How many ages hence shall this our lofty scene be acted over in states unborn and accents yet unknown? How many times shall Caesar bleed in sport? that now on Pompey's basis lies along, no worthier than the dust. So oft as that shall be, so often shall the knot of us be called the men that gave their country liberty. What, shall we forth? Ay, every man away. Brutus shall lead, and we will grace his heels with the most boldest and best hearts of Rome. Enter a servant. Soft, who comes here? A friend of Antony's. Thus, Brutus, did my master bid me kneel. Thus did Mark Antony bid me fall down. And being prostrate, thus he bade me say, Brutus is noble, wise, valiant, and honest. 
Caesar was mighty, bold, royal, and loving. Say, I love Brutus, and I honor him. Say, I feared Caesar, honored him, and loved him. If Brutus will vouchsafe that Antony may safely come to him, and be resolved how Caesar hath deserved to lie in death, Mark Antony shall not love Caesar dead so well as Brutus living, but will follow the fortunes and affairs of noble Brutus through the hazards of this untrod state with all true faith. So says my master Antony. Thy master is a wise and valiant Roman. I never thought him worse. Tell him, so please him, come unto this place. He shall be satisfied, and by my honor, depart untouched. I'll fetch him presently. Exit. I know that we shall have him well to friend. I wish we may, but yet I have a mind that fears him much, and my misgivings still fall shrewdly to the purpose. Ah, but here comes Antony. Re-enter Antony. Welcome, Mark Antony. O mighty Caesar, dost thou lie so low? Are all thy conquests, glories, triumphs, spoils, shrunk to this little measure? Fare thee well. I know not, gentlemen, what you intend. Who else must be let blood? Who else is rank? If I myself, there is no hour so fit as Caesar's death hour, nor no instrument of half that worth as those your swords, made rich with the most noble blood of all this world. I do beseech ye, if you bear me hard, now, whilst your purpled hands do reek and smoke, fulfill your pleasure. Live a thousand years, I shall not find myself so apt to die. No place will please me so, no mean of death, as here by Caesar, and by you cut off, the choice and master spirits of this age. Oh, Antony, beg not your death of us, though now we must appear bloody and cruel, as, by our hands and this our present act, you see we do. Yet see you but our hands, and this the bleeding business they have done. Our hearts you see not. They are pitiful. And pity to the general wrong of Rome. As fire drives out fire, so pity, pity, hath done this deed on Caesar. For your part, to you, our swords have leaden points, Mark Antony. Our arms in strength of malice, and... Our hearts of brothers' temper do receive you in with all kind, love, good thoughts, and reverence. Your voice shall be as strong as any man's in the disposing of new dignities. Only be patient until we have appeased the multitude beside themselves with fear, and then we will deliver you the cause why I that did love Caesar when I struck him have thus proceeded. I doubt not of your wisdom. Let each man render me his bloody hand. First, Marcus Brutus, will I shake with you. Next, Caius Cassius, do I take your hand. Now, Decius Brutus, yours. Now yours, Metellus. Yours, Cinna. And my valiant Casca, yours. Though last, not last in love, yours, good Tribonius. Gentlemen all, alas, what shall I say? My credit now stands on such slippery ground that one of two bad ways you must conceit me, either a coward or a flatterer. That I did love thee, Caesar, oh, tis true. If then thy spirit look upon us now, 
Shall it not grieve thee dearer than thy death, To see thy, thy Anthony making his peace, Shaking the bloody fingers of thy foes, Most noble in the presence of thy course? Had I as many eyes as thou hast wounds, Weeping as fast as they stream forth thy blood, It would become me better than to close in terms of friendship with thine enemies. Pardon me, Julius. Here wast thou bade, brave heart. Here didst thou fall, and here thy hunters stand, Signed in thy spoil, and crimsoned in thy lethe. O world, thou wast the forest to this heart, And this indeed, O world, the heart of thee. How like a deer, strucken by many princes, Dost thou here lie? Mark Antony. Pardon me, Caius Cassius. The enemies of Caesar shall say this. Then in a friend it is cold modesty. I blame you not for praising Caesar so. But what compact mean you to have with us? Will you be pricked in number of our friends? Or shall we own, and not depend on you? Therefore I took your hands, but was, indeed, swayed from the point by looking down on Caesar. Friends am I with you all, and love you all, upon this hope that you shall give me reasons why and wherein Caesar was dangerous. Or else this was a savage spectacle. Our reasons are so full of good regard that were you, Antony, the son of Caesar, you should be satisfied. That's all I seek, and am moreover suitor that I may produce his body to the marketplace, and in the pulpit, as becomes a friend, speak in the order of his funeral. You shall, Mark Antony. Brutus, a word with you. Aside to Brutus. You know not what you do. Do not consent that Antony speak in his funeral. Know you how much the people may be moved by that which he will utter? By your pardon, I will myself into the pulpit first, and show the reason of our Caesar's death. What Antony shall speak, I will protest he speaks by leave and by permission and that we are contented Caesar shall have all true rites and lawful ceremonies. It shall advantage more than do us wrong. I know not what may fall. I like it not. Mark Antony, here, take you Caesar's body. You shall not in your funeral speech blame us, but speak all good you can devise of Caesar, and say, you do it by our permission, else shall you not have any hand at all about his funeral, and you shall speak in the same pulpit whereto I am going, after my speech is ended. Be it so, I do desire no more. Prepare the body, then, and follow us. Exeunt all but Antony. Oh, pardon me, thou bleeding piece of earth, that I am meek and gentle with these butchers. Thou art the ruins of the noblest man that ever lived in the tide of times. Woe to the hand that shed this costly blood! Over thy wounds now I do prophesy, which, like dumb mouths, do ope their ruby lips, to beg the voice and utterance of my tongue. A curse shall light upon the limbs of men. Domestic fury and fierce civil strife shall cumber all the parts of Italy. Blood and destruction shall be so in use, and dreadful objects so familiar, that mothers shall but smile when they behold their infants quartered with the hands of war. All pity choked with custom of felled deeds, and Caesar's spirit, ranging for revenge, with Atti by his side, come hot from hell, 
shall in these confines with a monarch's voice cry havoc, and let slip the dogs of war. That this foul deed shall smell above the earth, with carrion men groaning for burial. Enter a servant. You serve Octavius Caesar, do you not? I do, Mark Antony. Caesar did write for him to come to Rome. He did receive his letters, and is coming, and bid me say to you by word of mouth, O oh, Caesar! Seeing the body. Thy heart is big, get thee apart and weep. Passion, I see, is catching. For mine eyes, seeing those beads of sorrow stand in thine, begin to water. Is thy master coming? He lies to-night within seven leagues of Rome. Post back with speed, and tell him what hath chanced. Here is a morning Rome, a dangerous Rome, no Rome of safety for Octavius yet. Hie hence, and tell him so. Yet stay a while. Thou shalt not back till I have borne this course into the market-place. There shall I try in my oration how the people take the cruel issue of these bloody men. According to the which, thou shalt discourse to young Octavius of the state of things. Lend me your hand. Exeunt with Caesar's body. Scene two. The Forum. Enter Brutus and Cassius and a throng of citizens. We will be satisfied. Let us be satisfied. Then follow me, and give me audience, friends. Cassius, go you into the other street, and part the numbers. Those that will hear me speak, let him stay here. Those that will follow Cassius, go with him, and public reasons shall be rendered of Caesar's death. I will hear Brutus speak. I will hear Cassius, and compare their reasons, when severally we hear them rendered. Exit Cassius with some of the citizens. Brutus goes into the pulpit. The noble Brutus is ascended. Silence. Be patient till the last. Romans, countrymen, and lovers, hear me for my cause, and be silent that you may hear. Believe me for mine honour, and have respect to mine honour, that you may believe. Censure me in your wisdom, and awake your senses, that you may the better judge. If there be any in this assembly, any dear friend of Caesar's, to him I say that Brutus's love to Caesar was no less than his. If then that friend demand why Brutus rose against Caesar, this is my answer. Not that I loved Caesar less, but that I loved Rome more. Had you rather Caesar were living, and die all slaves, than that Caesar were dead, to live all free men? As Caesar loved me, I weep for him. As he was fortunate, I rejoice at it. As he was valiant, I honor him. But as he was ambitious, I slew him. There is tears for his love, joy for his fortune, honor for his valor, and death for his ambition. Who is here so base that would be a bondman? If any, speak, for him have I offended. Who is here so rude that would not be a Roman? If any, speak. 
For him have I offended. Who is here so vile, That will not love his country? If any, speak for him have I offended. I pause for a reply. None, none, none. none. Then none have I offended. I have done no more to Caesar than you shall do to Brutus. The question of his death is enrolled in the capital, his glory not extenuated, wherein he was worthy, nor his offences enforced, for which he suffered death. Enter Antony and others with Caesar's body. Here comes his body, mourned by Mark Antony, who, though he had no hand in his death, shall receive the benefit of his dying, a place in the commonwealth, as which of you shall not. With this I depart, that as I slew my best lover for the good of Rome, I have the same dagger for myself, when it shall please my country to need my death. Live, Brutus, live, live, live. Bring him with triumph home unto his house. Give him a statue with his ancestors. Let him be Caesar. Caesar's better part shall be crowned in Brutus. We'll bring him to his house with shouts and clamors. My countrymen! Peace, silence. Brutus speaks. Peace, ho! Good countrymen, let me depart alone, and, for my sake, stay here with Antony. Do grace to Caesar's corpse, and grace his speech, tending to Caesar's glories which Mark Antony, by our permission, is allowed to make. I do entreat you, not a man depart, save I alone, till Antony have spoke. Exit. Stay, ho, and let us hear Mark Antony. Let him go up into the public chair. We'll hear him, noble Antony, go up. For Brutus's sake I am beholding to you. Goes into the pulpit. What does he say of Brutus? He says, for Brutus' sake, he finds himself beholding to us all. T'were best he speak no harm of Brutus here. This Caesar was a tyrant. Nay, that's certain. We are blessed that Rome is rid of him. Peace, let us hear what Antony can say. You gentle Romans. Peace, ho, let, let us hear him. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Caesar, not to praise him. The evil that men do lives after them. The good is oft interred with their bones. So let it be with Caesar. The noble Brutus hath told you Caesar was ambitious. If it were so, it was a grievous fault, and grievously hath Caesar answered it. Here, under leave of Brutus and the rest, for Brutus is an honorable man, so are they all, all honorable men, come I to speak in Caesar's funeral. He was my friend faithful and just to me. But Brutus says he was ambitious, and Brutus is an honorable man. He hath brought many captives home to Rome, whose ransoms did the general coffers fill. Did this in Caesar seem ambitious? When that the poor have cried, Caesar hath wept. Ambition should be made of sterner stuff. Yet Brutus says he was ambitious, and Brutus is an honorable man. You all did see that on the Lupercale, I thrice presented him a kingly crown, which he did thrice refuse, 
Was this ambition? Yet Brutus says he was ambitious, and sure he is an honorable man. I speak not to disprove what Brutus spoke, but here I am to speak what I do know. You all did love him once, not without cause. What cause withholds you, then, to mourn for him? O oh, judgment! Thou art fled to brutish beasts, and men have lost their reason. Bear with me. My heart is in the coffin there with Caesar, and I must pause till it come back to me. Methinks there is much reason in his sayings. If thou consider rightly of the matter, Caesar has had great wrong. Has he, masters? I fear there will a worse come in his place. Marked ye his words? He would not take the crown, therefore tis certain he was not ambitious. If it be found so, some will dear abide it. Poor soul, his eyes are as red as fire with weeping. There's not a nobler man in Rome than Antony. Now mark him, he begins again to speak. But yesterday the word of Caesar might have stood against the world. Now lies he there, and none so poor to do him reverence. O oh, masters, if I were disposed to stir your hearts and minds to mutiny and rage, I should do Brutus wrong and Cassius wrong, who, you all know, are honorable men. I will not do them wrong. I rather choose to wrong the dead, to wrong myself and you, than I will wrong such honorable men. But here's a parchment with the seal of Caesar. I found it in his closet. Tis his will. Let but the commons hear this testament, which, pardon me, I do not mean to read, and they would go and kiss dead Caesar's wounds, and dip their napkins in his sacred blood, yea, beg a hair of him from memory, and dying, mention it within their wills, bequeathing it, as a rich legacy unto their issue. We'll hear the will. Read it, Mark Antony. The will, the will, we will hear Caesar's will. Have patience, gentle friends, I must not read it. It is not meet you know how Caesar loved you. You are not wood, you are not stones, but men. And, being men, bearing the will of Caesar, it will inflame you, it will make you mad. Tis good you know not that you are his heirs. For, if you should, oh, what would come of it? Read the will. We'll hear it, Antony. You shall read us the will, Caesar's will. Will you be patient? Will you stay a while? I have o'ershot myself to tell you of it. I fear I wrong the honorable men, whose daggers have stabbed Caesar. I do fear it. They were traitors! Honorable men? The, the will! The, the testament. testament! They were villains, murderers. The will! Read the will! You will compel me, then, to read the will. Then make a ring about the corpse of Caesar, and let me show you him that made the will. Shall I descend, and will you give me leave? Come down! Descend! You shall have leave. Antony comes down. A ring! Stand round! Stand from the hearse! Stand from the body! Room for Antony, most noble Antony! Nay, press not so upon me! Stand far off! Stand back! Room! Bear back! If you have tears, prepare to shed them now. You all do know this mantle. I remember the first time ever Caesar put it on. Twas on a summer's evening in his tent. That day he overcame the Nervii. Look! In this place ran Cassius's dagger through. See what a rent the envious Casca made. Through this the well-beloved Brutus stabbed. And as he plucked his cursed steel away, mark how the blood of Caesar followed it, as rushing out of doors, to be resolved, if Brutus so unkindly knocked or no. For Brutus, as you know, was Caesar's angel. 
Judge, O oh you gods, how dearly Caesar loved him. This was the most unkindest cut of all. For when the noble Caesar saw him stab, in gratitude, more strong than traitors' arms, quite vanquished him, then burst his mighty heart. And in his mantle, muffling up his face, even at the base of Pompey's statua, which all the while ran blood, great Caesar fell. Oh, what a fall was there, my countrymen! Then I and you and all of us fell down, whilst bloody treason flourished over us. Oh, now you weep, and I perceive you feel the dint of pity. These are gracious drops. Kind souls, what? Weep you when you but behold our Caesar's vesture wounded? Look you here. Here is himself, marred, as you see, with traitors. O oh, piteous spectacle! O oh, noble Caesar! O oh, woeful day! O oh, traitors, villains! O oh, most bloody sight! We will be revenged. Revenge! About! about. Seek! Burn! Fire! Kill! Play. Let not a traitor live! Stay, countrymen! Peace there! Hear the noble Antony! We'll hear him! We'll follow him! We'll die with him! Good friends! Sweet friends! Let me not stir you up to such a sudden flood of mutiny. They that have done this deed are honorable. What private griefs they have, alas, I know not, that made them do it. They are wise and honorable, and will no doubt, with reasons, answer you. I come not, friends, to steal away your hearts. I am no orator, as Brutus is. But, as you know me all, a plain blunt man, that love my friend, and that they know full well that gave me public leave to speak of him. For I have neither wit, nor words, nor worth, action, nor utterance, nor the power of speech to stir men's blood. I only speak right on, and I tell you that which you yourselves do know. Show you sweet Caesar's wounds, poor, poor, dumb mouths, and bid them speak for me. But were I Brutus, and Brutus Antony, there were an Antony, would ruffle up your spirits, and put a tongue in every wound of Caesar, that should move the stones of Rome to rise and mutiny. We'll mutiny! We'll burn the house of Brutus. Away then, come, seek the conspirators. Yet hear me, countrymen, yet hear me speak. Peace ho! Hear Antony, most noble Antony. Why, friends, you go to do you know not what. Wherein has Caesar thus deserved your loves? Alas, you know not. I must tell you then. You have forgot the will I told you of. Most true. The will. Let's stay and hear the will. Here is the will, and under Caesar's seal. To every Roman citizen he gives, to every several man, seventy-five drachmas. Most noble Caesar will revenge his death. O royal Caesar. Hear me with patience. Peace, ho! Moreover, he hath left you all his walks, his private arbors, and new planted orchards, on this side of Tiber. He hath left them you and to your heirs for ever, common pleasures to walk abroad and recreate yourselves. Here was a Caesar. When comes such another? Never, never. Come away, away. We'll burn his body in the holy place, and with the brands fire the traitors' houses. Take up the body. Go, fetch fire. Pluck down benches. Pluck down forms, windows, anything. Exeunt citizens with the body. Now let it work. Mischief, thou art afoot. Take thou what course thou wilt. Enter a servant. Ho now, fellow. Sir, Octavius is already come to Rome. Where is he? He and Lepidus are at Caesar's house. 
and thither will I straight to visit him. He comes upon a wish. Fortune is merry, and in this mood will give us anything. I heard him say, Brutus and Cassius are rid like madmen through the gates of Rome. Belike they had some notice of the people, how I had moved them. Bring me to Octavius. Exeunt. Scene three. A street. Enter Cinna the poet. I dreamt to-night that I did feast with Caesar, and things unlucky charge my fantasy. I have no will to wander forth of doors, yet something leads me forth. Enter citizens. What is your name? Whither are you going? Where do you dwell? Are you a married man or a bachelor? Answer every man directly. I and briefly. I and wisely. I and truly. You were best. What is my name? Whither am I going? But do it well. Am I married or a bachelor? Then to answer every man directly and briefly, wisely and truly. Wisely I say, I am a bachelor. That's as much as to say, they are fools that marry. You'll bear me a bang for that, I fear. Proceed directly. Directly, I am going to Caesar's funeral. As a friend or an enemy? As a friend. That matter is answered directly. For your dwelling, briefly. Briefly dwell by the capital. Your name, sir, truly. Truly, my name is Sinner. Tear him to pieces. He's a conspirator. I'm Sinner the poet. I'm Sinner the poet. Tear him for his bad verses. Tear him for his bad verses. I'm not Sinner the conspirator. It is no matter. His name's Sinner. Pluck but his name out of his heart and turn him going. Tear him, tear him. Come, Brands, ho. Firebrands. To Brutus, to Cassius, burn all, some to Decius, house, and some to Cascus, some to Ligurius, away go. Exeunt. End of Act Three.